and welcome back to the Brando and Joe podcast. For this podcast episode, our guest is Larry Kravitz. He received his bachelor's degree in English from Stony Brook University, has previous experience working as a financial center manager, a training manager, and is currently the director for organizational development for Henry Schein. Welcome, Larry. Thank you, Brando, Joe. Thank you for having me. appreciate being here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're excited for everyone to hear about your uh I guess, different paths to an IO related job than we've had previously on the podcast. It's actually interesting. I, I grew up like a couple minutes away from Stony Brook University. Um, oh, okay. Great university. Yeah. We used to go there a lot, play, play basketball. It's like, a, I feel like it's a, it's different. Like there's not really a center campus, right? It's kind of like there's roads in between. And... Yeah. I mean, it, it's changed since I've been there, right? Uh, I, I graduated in 2000, so it's been, it's been 23 years now. Uh, but, but it's definitely changed. I think the, the campus life has changed and, you know, definitely, definitely acceptance there. I talk to people now that acceptance is a lot tougher now than when I went. So, uh, definitely some changes in that campus over the last 20 plus years. Yeah. Oh, that, that's awesome. Uh, as a non Long Island local, it's definitely, I hear a lot of good things about Stony Brook. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So with that too, um, before we get into all the OD work that you've done, uh, because OD is something that we also haven't really had on the show either, um, we kind of wanted to talk to you first about your unconventional path to IO. Um, kind of give us like the breakdown on how you ended up in OD. Yeah, sure. So uh, I, I wanted to be an English teacher, uh, originally a math teacher when I went to college. That's what I thought I was coming out of high school. I want to teach high school math. Uh, and once I got through Calc 3, I said, no, I don't want to do this. And I had a love for English. Usually math and English don't go together, but I really enjoyed um, some of the classic works and things like that. So I said, okay, I still want to teach, but uh, I decided math wasn't for me and I decided to go to English. And my junior year, I was sitting in a, a big lecture class, an English lecture class, and I was kind of zoning out. And I said, I never want someone to zone out on me. And that was the moment I decided I didn't want to teach high school anymore. They didn't know what to do, but uh, I said, I'll get my bachelor's in English and uh, go from there. At the time, I was working for IKEA, uh, you know, big furniture conglomerate, and they knew I was going to school for education, and they asked me if I would be willing to train their cashiers. Uh, I was working there part-time. I said, I guess I can train your cashiers, and I asked them if I could write a training manual, and they asked me if I could, and I said, I, I don't know, but I'll try. I'll learn. We'll, we'll learn together. So they gave me the opportunity to create a training manual and train their cashiers. It went really well. Wound up doing other training for them, customer service training, fraud detection, and just got really involved with um, enjoying teaching adults. So that's what started me off in that career. And then I continued to find things that were in that realm around you know, being able to teach adults different things. So I was lucky enough to be involved in, um, in, te in the telecom space and do training around that. Also in the banking space and had some opportunity to even practice what I preach as a financial center manager for a little bit of time. Got into technology training, did some training there, and then um, loved, loved the leadership side. I really loved the leadership side of training. And that's when Henry Schein opened up for me and a position opened, opened up at Henry Schein uh, and that's really what got me involved in the in the OD side, the org development side of uh, of HR. So it sounds like there's like some cool transferable skills that come from like education to either IO in general or like org development side. 
whether that's just like the way you communicate with people, the way, um, actually, I guess like from the training perspective, is there anything specific that you saw in that change where you're like, wow, doing English or having like an education mindset really helped me in this maybe org development or like organization side? Yeah, I, I think the communication piece was the most important. Uh, and and it, it's, it's a vital skill for anybody, but uh, I do, I'm a big fan of strength finders and my top strength is communication. So I think that's just uh, that transferable skill was, was really helpful for me. Uh, even, even interviewing for my current role, uh, we do a lot of talent planning and talent reviews, and I've never done that in the past. But my boss said to me, Larry, if you can facilitate conversation in workshops, you can facilitate conversations in talent, in talent planning and talent reviews. So that, that, that skill of communication, really important. And uh, I, I think the other thing was, and, and still for me, is just the desire to help people. I really enjoy helping people. I like seeing people grow and develop. So having that interest of, of seeing development others, watching light bulbs go off really, really get me going. Um, when, TSA, when our employees reach out to us and say, hey, you know, I appreciate you helping me learn this or do this or get here. Uh, that that that's what excites me. That's what I do it for. So, you know, just having that drive of of being invested in people, and of course, being able to communicate in multiple ways is really important from a facilitation standpoint, from an OD standpoint. I think. Yeah, I like the way you explained it like that because now it's kind of got me thinking. Like, in a way, teachers are trainers, and training is like teaching in in the terms of just like yeah. teaching people and teach people how to do things, and then it's kind of it's like a similar way that I honestly, I guess I just never really thought about it um, that way. Actually, in our training development class, that's where we met you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I separate, I, I kind of separate training and facilitation. I, I see those as two different skill sets, if you will. I feel like training, so I teach an Excel workshop just because I have a technology background. In that, I say I train, right? And trainers tell people what to do facilitators, and that's what I do a lot of, or most of my job is facilitating conversation. So when I do a lot of my leadership development workshops, yes, we teach a coaching model or we teach a performance management model, but that's only like the first 20%. The rest of it is really facilitating conversation. So I think I think those are two separate skill sets. Uh, training is, hey, this is what you do, follow my instructions. Facilitation is asking those open-ended questions to generate the conversation. So when you say that, what are your thoughts on like mediation training and stuff? Like, is that something that you've had to go about doing or getting certifications in that? I've never gotten involved in mediation training. Uh, I was very interested in just coaching. And I know coaching sometimes leads to that mediation training. Uh, never got involved in the, in the coaching or the mediation training just because of the size of our team and the number of employees we have to support. Uh, you know, being an executive coach, we'd only be able to touch a certain amount of people and it's just not scalable for us. One thing I did as far as certification, I got my performance consulting certification a few years back, uh, similar to coaching as your, but, but more around the training side and the needs analysis side. So that actually, that really helped me just give a better analysis for people that are asking for training, right? We get a lot of requests coming in our way. Hey, I want team building. I want this. I want that. And instead of just taking orders, I think it's really important for us as, as HR practitioners, as OD practitioners, to get into the, the, the meat of what people really need. And performance consulting is a lot of that. It's really understanding what behavior is happening today, what behavior do you want tomorrow, and, and 
where the gap is and helping leaders identify that. Um, so that type of certification was really helpful to me in becoming just a better, better facilitator and better recommend, you know, be able to think about strategy more with our leaders. So with that too, I wanted to ask, we're going, we're talking about now more of the OD work that you're doing. Yeah. What is a day in the life of being in OD? Yeah. So, so I think it might be different in every organization, but I, I break OD into kind of three work streams at Henry Shine. One is the learning and development side. So I spend about 40% of my time in learning and development. So that's everything from creating workshops to doing research to facilitating the workshops and all the analysis afterwards. It's about 40% of my time. The other 40% of my time is around talent planning and talent reviews. So it's sitting down with our leaders. It's looking at the structure of the organization. It's having conversations and facilitating conversations with their direct reports on what their succession looks like and what performance and potential looks like for each of their employees on their team. So we spend a good amount of time doing that. And then there's a piece of that where we do the analytics behind that. So I'm not responsible for the analytics, but I help to formulate the dashboards that we show the leaders for the teams that I support. So there's a lot of analytic work that goes into it afterwards. And then the other 20% is just other programming. So we do things like a mentorship program, which has grown immensely at Henry Schein. We run a learning with leaders program where we have um, senior leaders talk to more individual contributors to give them exposure and teach them leadership lessons. We do executive education and we partner with other vendors for, for various things like um, C-level training and things of that nature. So that's about 20%. So 40, 40, 20. Um, we get our hands dirty in other things. Wellness has been a top priority for us. So we've been involved with our wellness committees and things of that nature. We get involved with our HR strategy team. So we really get involved in a, in a lot of areas and we get to spend a lot of time with our senior leadership, which is always an, an interesting uh, conversation. So I guess for those who that don't know um, about like Io Jobson, by those I mean me, <laughs> um, for because it sounds like in org development, like you do a lot of different things. Like one of the things you said is learning learning development, but then I also know that uh, you can get internships and jobs in learning and development. So is can, can you specialize in org development, or by like accepting a job in org development, like you're open to being like a generalist and then you could do other things like learning development that makes sense yeah so uh, yeah it does i, I want to be careful with the word hr generalist right because uh generalist for hr it, it's a different kind of role right you're getting involved in other areas od kind of is a specialty um but i think there's pieces of od right so even though we're doing training it goes to how the organization you know, grows, how it's built and the skill sets that are needed. So just as an example, all of our training revolves around the competencies uh, of the, the leadership competencies of the organization. So so while we're not generalists per se, um, we get to get our hands dirty in a lot of other places. I'll be honest, in, in previous organizations, I've done more of the training function, not the OD function. And that's been separate, right? Training has been a separate piece. And at Henry Schein, we have trainers that, that do specifically just training. So there are like sales trainers and there are product trainers. Um, but at Henry Schein, we in OD do the leadership and professional development training, along with the, the strategy piece around talent development and things of that nature. Uh, so so I, I feel like I'm lucky that we get to get our hands involved in a lot of those things because 
you know, being being involved in wellness has taught me things that I never thought I would learn. Has got me involved in different things, and um, it's actually we just had a conversation with another group there. We were talking about wellness, and you know, the the it's taxing, right? Because we're not psychologists or psychiatrists, uh, but at the same time, you get so many employees that come back to you and say, "Hey, you know, you led me in the right direction." And and we never we never pretend to be psychologists or psychiatrists, but we do want to make sure that that our employees have our have the right resources and that's what we do is we lead them in the right direction so we get our we get our hands dirty in a lot of different things um but um you know we don't get involved on the you know we're not hr business partners we don't have that function and we don't do compensation we don't have that function or benefits or anything like that we'll talk to them we'll partner with them but we don't we don't do that work it's funny that um that you say like i'm not a psychologist and stuff because I know that we like talk about how you don't have like that IO degree per se, but you've been working and you've worked your way into IO. Um, with that being said, though, like you're also using IO terms like competencies and like all of these other things that we that we've been learning about in our program. Uh, what have you done to prepare yourself for those types of IO conversations to give yourself like the vernacular that you need? Yeah, so I'm a learner. Um, I love learning and listening and reading, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I try to get involved in lots of different things from a from a just a reading perspective, um, lots of different books and things of that nature. And then also part of it is the networking. So you know, having a having a, a library of names, when something pops up, I'm not afraid to call up somebody that I've spoken to and said, hey. Uh, you know, this is coming up at Henry Shine. What what's your experience with that? And and that's reciprocal, right? So I'm I'm okay with taking a call and saying, hey, you know, somebody calling me and saying, hey, we're trying to get this done in this organization. I know you've done it, Henry Shine. Can you help me? So I think part of it is just being open to learning, reading, and understanding. Um, you got you got to be willing to do that. I think that's in any job you take. You have to be willing to learn. The skill sets are changing so much. Uh, even even the way we facilitate today, right? The way we facilitate today is very different than the way we facilitated three years ago. We needed to up our game from a virtual facilitation point. So we had to learn. We had to learn how to how to get interaction on Teams and how to make it more interactive, get more people speaking compared to the workshops that we were doing in person. So just just being open to all different things, whether it's you know taking training courses. I use YouTube a lot. Uh, YouTube is a great resource or Udemy or something like that. Um, and just looking at those experts and, and finding ways to learn. We also partner with, we have a, a partnership with Gartner, which helps us out quite a bit. So Gartner uh, gives us some resources to just learn as we go and, and go to somebody and say, hey, this is what's happening in the organization. Can you give us some resources? Can you help us? So that's a great partnership that we have. You bring up a good point about being like a learner and kind of like in any job, like you have to learn how to do things because you don't learn everything yep. when you're in school. And I know previously you said you brought up um, about your technical skills, whether you're not so far on the analytic sides, but like you understand some of those things. However, you had a BA in English. Was this something that you, unless they teach it in English courses that I'm aware of? Yeah, they don't. <laughs> um, but were these things that you, <laughs> unless they will like teach it a stats course in, uh, you know, like a question <laughs> students out there maybe coming from a different uh, 
point, such as like a different type of major, are these skills that you like suggest they learn that like might help them succeed in like either maybe not even just sport development, just like an organization as a as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. So I've always had a personal interest in technology. Technology and software and things like that have always interested me. Uh, I always joke that I learned Excel, I don't know when, way back when, but I picked up the book um, Excel for Dummies, right? They had the dummy series uh, way back when, and that was the name of the book. And I read it and I started playing in Excel. And then I started playing with other other applications and things like that. And it's funny, when I wrote my training manual for Ikea, you know, I did it in Word, and at that day, doing things like that in Word, that was a big deal. You know, people weren't writing manuals in Word at that point. And uh, the store manager, he was responsible for creating a business plan. He's like, do you know Excel? I'm like, a little bit. He goes, I have to create a business plan every year. I have to create these charts, and it's all these numbers and things like that. Do you think you can do that with me? So I got to learn how to create a business plan just because I said, well, I'm willing to try and and you know, make these charts in Excel and graphs and things like that, that he needed. Uh, so, so, you know, just being able to take that opportunity and say, let me learn from it. Let me see if I can pick up something. And I got to spend time learning how, you know, a, a furniture store runs and the, how, a, how a CEO of a store run, you know, plans and does strategic planning and things like that. So just taking those opportunities and, and going from there. Uh, when I when I joined my last company, it was it was a software company. They had a software product that they sold, and uh, I decided to get a certificate in programming just to understand. And we didn't we didn't teach the programming side. We taught the user the the graphical interface side how a user would use the software. But I wanted to understand what was under the hood under the hood of the software. So I got a certificate in programming. I did it online in my spare time. And said, so now I understand programming a little bit. So I think any opportunity where you can go and say, hey, you know what? There's a skill that would be useful. Um, you know, it, it, it's a good thing to to have. I've learned all about the medical space. We don't train the medical space. We train finance. Uh, we train leadership and, and professional development. But still, it's important for me. I support our medical team. So it's important for me to understand a little bit about you know, the medical distribution space. Am I an expert? I'm not. Uh, but do I understand when someone says acronyms? I'll understand most of those acronyms because I've decided to ask somebody on those teams to give me access to some of their training, some of their LMS modules, things like that. Um, so I think, I think you know, once again, for me, it was just I'm interested in a lot of different things. Uh, I like learning. I learn quickly. So for me, it's fun. For me, it's fun to just pick up something and learn. And And I'll tell you, now with the tools out there, we're learning lots of things through like ChatGPT. We're using ChatGPT to help us with our analytics in talent planning. So things that we couldn't do before or would have taken us days or weeks to learn, um, ChatGPT does for us in 10 minutes. So it's crazy to see the advancement in, in technology and how much we can use it. And I think, you know, the best piece of advice I can give is just be open to that, right? Be open to learning something new. Don't be afraid to try something. It, it's okay if you fail, you learn from it. But, but try something new, you know, find those resources. There's tons of resources out there, tons of ways to learn. So, I, I, you know, for me, it was just, hey, I'm, I'm going to go learn this and figure it out. Uh, didn't, know the didn't know telecommunications and got into fraud detection and, and identity theft and learned that. So I think anything can be learned. I really do. I, I you know, come from a space of learning. So I think anything can be learned. But you got to take the time to say, I, I want to do this, right, and have that drive to do it. There was a second part to your question. I didn't answer it, but I forgot what it was. 
don't know. It was such a good answer. Yeah, I well, forgot about it. <laughs> I oh, good. Okay. Then I got, then I answered it all. I answered it all. That's it's perfect. <laughs> I, I feel like we have to start calling you like not just an IO psychologist, but also maybe even a doctor and maybe we can go into accounting <laughs> and uh -huh. IT. It sounds like you have like a little bit of like <sighs> trinkets of knowledge and everything, huh? <laughs> You know, I, I think it's an advantage to do, I, you know, having, having trained in multiple sectors, I think is an advantage because I can help when a question comes up around analytics. I can help when a question comes up around something else. So, and, and the other thing I always tell people, it's funny, I teach, I, I think I mentioned, I teach Excel and I do it just because I have a background in technology, not because it's an, an OD thing, but we needed it and I could do it. And the first thing I do is I literally pull up Google. And I said, I'm not going to know the answer to every one of your questions, but I'm comfortable showing you exactly how I'm going to answer your question. And I pull up Google and I say, if you have a question, I'm going to Google that thing right in front of you and we're going to find the answer together. So I think just having the, the confidence to know, well, I know enough to get me so far and then I could learn something else. That's the important thing. I think people sometimes are afraid to say, well, I don't know. So, well, go find out, right? Go see what you can find out. And it's amazing what you can learn. It's so, so many resources at our fingertips. It's nice to hear you say that because I feel like when you come from a school mindset, especially with like exams, like you have to know the information and then you start working and right. you're like, you're, you're, you're a supervisor, director is like, oh no, let's look it up. Let's see, let's see what's going on. Right, what right, yeah. About chat GPT, Brandon and I, like right before this call, we're discussing how we're like using chat GPT in the workplace and how it's going to be super helpful and just, you know, whether it's in the analytical space, um, or, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I guess whatever you end up doing. Uh, but it's cool to hear that, you know, like you've been able to use that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you, you know, two years ago, we spent a lot of time trying to create one specific formula to help leaders figure out bench strength based on some some things that we do. Uh, it took us a few days that we banged our head against the table, still couldn't figure it out. Last week, two weeks ago, I popped in. I'm like, oh, you know what? This is still a problem. Let's see if I can solve it. Ten minutes. 10 minutes in chat GPT and we had a solution with the formula. It, you know, it's something we just couldn't figure out. And, and, you know, we broke it down and whatnot. I showed the team how we did it. So, so I think a big part of that, and you know, when I started talking to the team they're like, well, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, you don't have to know how that's the great thing is you, you talk to chat GPT like you're a human being and it's a human being and it will walk you through. I go take it step by step. It'll walk you through. And I showed the team how we did it. And, they were comfortable. And somebody else said to me afterwards, they're like, I've started to use chat GPT. I'm like, good, good. You, you know, use it, learn it, learn from it. Said, I have no idea what I'm going to use it for tomorrow, but I'm sure I'll use it some way or shape or form. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to learn and use it. We're going to have to like write a book, like all these tips that, because I feel like they're all similar tips, yeah. but from different, uh, avenues in whatever organization, whether it's OD, whether it's compensation, whether it's yeah. software engineering or leadership or whatever it is, it's all similar, whether it's, I feel like it's like being open, being able, wanting to learn, yeah. um, that has gotten people ahead and, you know, not, not being afraid to fail. And it's like, you kind of hear these, like the whispers of that, like and everyone says it, um, until you find in yourself to actually do right. it. Absolutely. But it's comforting to hear that, like, Everyone says to like be open yeah. to learn. Um, I don't know. I feel like eighty percent of our guests have said that. Yeah, right? or networking. Networking, networking. Yeah, networking. Yeah. I mean, and that kind of leads us to our last yeah. point that we wanted to ask you as well. And I'm sure you've kind of answered it, but uh, what is that like one piece of advice that you have for prospective students out there trying to get into IO? Yeah, you you guys just said it. Um, 
networking, so important. So, so important. Um, I wound up getting my job at Henry Schein because I was involved in ATD. Um, my boss saw me present on, my current boss saw me presenting on learning management systems. I saw her presenting on talent reviews. Uh, we formed a relationship and, you know, it, I wasn't even looking for an opportunity. And when the opportunity availed itself, I said, hey, this might be a great next move for me. Um, you know, other, other colleagues, other friends of mine that I have, uh, it's all built through the networks that I formed over the last 20 plus years. Um, and, and nobody, you know, networking is a two-way street, right? So you have to give before you expect to receive. And I'm more than happy to help one of my colleagues, whether they work for Henry Shine or outside Henry Shine, uh, happy to just hop on a call, talk through what's going on, brainstorm with people. Uh, because I know when I need something, I'll give them a call and they'll do the same thing for me. So just being able to form that network, getting involved in whatever organizations you need to get involved with to uh, network is really good. I always say, though, go into it with the mindset of this is what I this is what I I want to be part of this of this um, organization, not I want to get something out of it, because if you go into it, with I want to get something out of it. Uh, that's the wrong intent. I think it really is. Is is I I enjoyed what ATD did uh, and what it does, and when I got asked to be involved, I'm like, hey, this is cool. I had no. It wasn't, hey, I'm going to join ATD so I get another job, right? It was, hey, there are people that are like minded. They like learning and development, and I didn't know this network existed. So let me go meet them and let me go talk to them and let me see what they have to share and what I can share with them. So it, it wasn't about, hey, what am I getting out of it? It was just about, hey, how can I how can I meet people? Um, that want to do things that I want to do. Uh, even today, like I volunteer for, I sit on the board of a nonprofit. I'm uh, the vice president of a, of, a, of a board for nonprofit. And it's just it's just a agency that I think gives a lot of good to the community. And I just said, hey, I, I want to do it. I don't, you know, it's not a paid thing. It's a totally volunteer thing. But I just like doing it. I like getting involved. And I can give them some HR guidance and some OD guidance, if you will. So, you know, just get involved in things that you are interested in. Those wind up in really strong relationships, building that network, and you never know what comes from that network. So build that network, I think it's the most important thing. Don't tell the professors, but more important than more 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 important than the than classes. Don't tell any professors in that. <laughs> we won't tell Dr. Islam. <laughs> um, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, don't don't tell Dr. Islam. This Absolutely is the not. test if they listen to us or not. <laughs> <laughs> if he calls me yelling, I'll know why. I'll know why. I like that uh, one of the points you made uh, about looking at uh, the company. And it, it kind of changed the way that like, I did my internship and job search. And I was like looking at the company and the company culture because in reality, with any company and uh, organization, there's room to, as long as like big organizations, as far as I know, there's room to move up, um, whether it's mm -hmm. like make better pay or do different things, whatever you're uh, concerned about. Um, but that company culture and like what the actual company does probably won't change. Uh, so then when I started realizing that, I was like, oh, I can like, maybe this company would be cool to look for. And then you look at the type of people that work there, I was like, well, I can find myself doing this. And now I'm like, all right, now what do they have to offer? Like, what can I do like with my skill set? Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems, yeah. I feel like it seems easy to think about it that way, but it's definitely, you definitely have to make that change if that's what you want to do. Um, and it's helped me. Uh, absolutely. I, you know, 
I, I didn't I didn't think as much about culture for the first few years of my employment, just to be 100 percent honest. Uh, but when I joined the company, I joined Washington Mutual in the banking space. Their culture was so strong that it was you know their their values were fair, caring, human, dynamic, and driven. You lived it every day. It was so strong. It was just really powerful. And um, you know when I joined Henry Shine, that was one of the first things I looked at was you know yeah listen money's important and and titles are important all those things. But I said, is this a company I want to work for? Because I, I had a job, right? I had a job. I didn't have to go anywhere. I was comfortable where I was. I said, is this is this something I want to do? And Henry Shine, the values that Henry Shine has, um, the company has, followed my value set. I'm like, okay, this is a company that's trying to do well by doing good and, and wants to do things for the community and get involved. So yes, we have to make money as an organization. Uh, but at the end of the day, we want to we want to be able to give back. And I'm like, well, this is great. This is, this is, you know, I met my wife through, through, um, through charity work um, and doing, doing work like that. And I said, Hey, you know what, this is how I want to, you know, I want to work for an organization that, that will give me the opportunity to do that. Uh, and we get to do that. We get to do that Henry Shine all the time through different things that we um, participate in. So it was really, it, I think it's important. I think it's important to look at. I'm not saying it's the only thing to look at, but for me now, any, any job I would take, I would want to look at, what, what's the value of the organization? Because if there's not a strong value set, I think I think you get challenges as until it gets built out. That's yeah, that's amazing, and I think that's a great point that you said about ending up aligning yourself along the way. Because sometimes when and for our prospective students out there, sometimes like you have to kind of take some jobs to start getting your feet wet and getting yourself in the door. Absolutely. Um, and then as you start yeah. figuring it out and you increase your network, like you said like once you're increasing that network jobs are going to become available through the people that you know and you'll end up where you want to be 100%. and find around the people that you want to be around too so that's like fantastic advice yeah i forget the number but i there's a there's a, i don't know the percentage really high that when a job's posted don't quote me on the number 70 80 percent of jobs that are posted they know who they want to fill that job with like as it's posted so that networking super important no, absolutely. It's um, just going to it. Even we just came back from the PSYOP uh, yeah. convention and the networking there was so helpful. Even if just like getting to know people, it's like, if like there's no short term, like you're like, I go there, I meet someone, I get a job. It's just like, you know, it's like uh, just making those connections. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So for important. the long term commitment. Yeah. Well, Larry, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you getting getting on with us and talking to us about your path to OD and being a non-IO in IO now. So it's awesome to hear your way in. Thanks, Brando and Joe. And listen, if you're looking for a ghostwriting gig, let me know. Maybe you can write my book. We'll see. <laughs> we got to get some more listeners first. So we'll see if they make it to the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Larry. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. That was a pretty cool episode. Uh, that we just had. I don't think we've had, I mean, I know for a fact we haven't had someone who hasn't even had a master's in IO um, reach his level of success and be able to talk about it pretty fluently. Yeah, that, that was something that we brought up in the episode too, was the idea of him speaking like fluent IO. <laughs> and like, he, but then he was talking about how he can do it in the medical field and doing it in other spaces. And, you know, it's really interesting. I feel like it's going to be great for students out there who are trying to end up in this field and working in this field they're going to be able to see that you're not pigeonholing yourself no matter what like you can make your way in especially it's all about who you know and that networking aspect 
I feel like that's probably what helps them out the most get into I, getting into IO is that networking side. Yeah, honestly, that's how we met. We met them through one of our previous episodes, if you guys watched it, <laughs> uh, with uh, Dr. Islam. Uh, it was a networking. Uh, he came and he met with our class, and then we followed up and we networked through that, and then we asked to be on the podcast. That uh, kind of shows you how powerful that translation that really is. Yeah, and for students out there who are like trying to increase their network, the easiest thing that you can do is just don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Uh, it's only a few seconds, and no one will yell at you. No one, like the worst thing that's going to happen is somebody's going to say like, "Oh, I don't have the time. I'm sorry," and then you just go on and ask somebody else. 100%, yeah. But uh, thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Um, please tune in next week, and we'll see you guys then. Yep, take care, you guys.